Welcome to the Wags of SCI podcast, where we discuss life, love, and caregiving after spinal cord injury. Hosted by Elena Pauly and Brooke Paget. Both of our partners are quadriplegics. And after connecting online in 2017, we began the advocacy and support group WAGS of SCI, which is an acronym for Wives and Girlfriends with Spinal Cord Injury. We know firsthand the challenges that come with living this lifestyle. And our mission is to spread education, awareness, and positivity from our unique perspectives. Us each week as we tackle deep discussions around balancing life as a caregiver and a lover to someone with a spinal cord injury. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Wags of SCI podcast. Here we go. Hello, everybody, and thank you for sharing your time here today with us, Elena Polly and Brooke Paget, your hosts of the podcast, Wags of SEI podcast. We are going to do a part two today, um, continuing off from our last week's podcast episode around for the wags who have been in this game for a while what are some pieces of advice you could give to the new wives and girlfriends who are standing beside their men with spinal cord injury firstly we would like to thank robin wishart of wishart brain and spine law for sponsoring the podcast and for being the official legal advocate of the wags of sci community and she has been an amazing advocate for things like letters of necessity, resources in your area, writing legal letters, sometimes threatening letters, <laughs> going over benefits, paperwork, insurance, and also looking into your human rights or your partner's cases. So Robin is available 24-7 on our website, wagsofsti.com, click on the legal resources tab. And you can also learn more about Robin and her team at Wishart Brain and Spine Law on their website at brainandspinelaw.com. So we wanted to open up the space uh, this morning to begin this episode. Wherever you are, thank you for joining um, to begin this episode with a quote from our book, which is A Year of Positive Thinking daily inspirations, wisdom, and courage. And we all know how very important it is for all of us to have a mindfulness moment, to be able to check in with ourselves. Um, And I find that it can be a little bit tricky, but this is the one thing that can bring us a lot of peace and gratitude is checking into the present moment. So today's quote goes like this, February 5th, please breathe and let go. So stop and take a look at your own needs, go mindless, let go, and remind yourself that this very moment is the only one you know you have for sure. So this quote actually is by Oprah Winfrey, What I Know For Sure. And um, the past month has been ruffling up a lot of just stuff and things just like really ruffling up a lot of feathers for pretty well everybody that we've spoken to in the WAGs of SEI community. The month of January really kicked our butts. And I know that we speak about the topic of anxiety quite frequently and the space of uncertainty can be so difficult to navigate, especially when you're in survival mode, that we really want to take this moment 
um, to focus into the presence and, you know, fear comes of looking too far into the future of unknown and anxiety from things that have happened in the past. But just take this moment to check in with yourself into the very present moment of gratitude. Maybe name three things that you can see around you, three things that you can hear, maybe three colors, maybe three sounds, three things that you are grateful for. And that can have a tremendous effect especially when it is created and practiced into a daily practice. If you just start with one and continue on with that, you will be surprised where you can be even in 30 days. So we wanted to open up this space to you to take a moment to do that before we get into the meat of our podcast. Okay, I'm going to take a deep breath now. Perfect. That was, your voice was so good when you were reading the quote because it was like very soothing. I was like, oh, <laughs> so oh that's good. That good. And good it's job. good to take a few like really solid like belly deep breaths. I feel sometimes I get like a little lightheaded. I'm like, whoa, you get woozy, like one of yeah. those like cartoons with little stars above its head. But it's good, <laughs> you know, push that stuff out of your system, especially when you're just like fight or flight crazy going 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 and you know stress is like super inevitable it's going to every day it's going to present you with stressful situations but being able to pull back and even like walk out of the room and just have a moment of okay this is the present moment and this is what I can do about it I find that like Once you decide to start doing that more often, it's extremely difficult when you first start trying to pay attention to the present moment because you've spent so much time in the future, you spent so much time in the past that the present moment doesn't even feel safe. And I feel like people don't talk about that enough, um, where it's like you start focusing on the present moment and then you're like, you're not used to it, right? You're constantly used to like monitoring what's out there, what's to come, or, you know, preventing things from happening just by being hypervigilant and then you start to sit and settle into the present moment. And it's like, it's not safe. It doesn't feel safe. So anyone out there that is just starting to get into being more mindful, just starting to actually address their anxiety. We see you, we hear you, we've been there. Um, and we continue to navigate the ups and downs of this life. But we also know that, you know, <laughs> we want to give you a pat on the back because even when you start working on mindfulness, it can be very difficult um, it's not a free pass to, to the Zen life. That's for sure. <laughs> it's all about mm-hmm. training, training your body, training your mind, training things to get into sync and just being the teacher of your own path. Right. Um, so anyone out there struggling right now, we've seen a lot of comments about people struggling, like you were saying earlier throughout January. So we want to be sympathetic to what's going on and compassionate. And if you want to connect about that, Um, please email us or message us um, on Instagram anytime and we are there to support you. So today we are going to start off part two of our discussion from last episode. If you haven't listened to the last episode, please do as there's a lot of insights there from other wags of SCI. So we consider this community just, I mean, a lot of women come on and we've said this before, come on the private group and they say, you know, I live in a small town. I don't have access to even my doctor. 
and or a nurse. And, you know, I go to this group to be my resource when it comes to certain things like that, even. And so um, these women know more than most doctors, literally. Um, So I'm really, really proud of being part of this group. I'm glad we have it. And so for things like advice for new wags of SCI or you know, you don't even have to be a new wag of SCI to enjoy this because it's just hearing from your own community as to what they think is important, especially the first couple of years after this injury. So let's start off with this one here. Obviously, same as last episode, we're going to keep this anonymous um, just to protect the privacy of our group members. Um, So this one says, just take what you can and try to breathe. We aren't even two years into this and things still change on a daily basis. You have to accept that you can't change and control and embrace what will be and what works best for you. So that's a good one. Um, you know, it's interesting too, because I remember when I was in the first couple of years, of my partner's injury, no one could tell me like, I, I was like, you were talking about you know, a couple of minutes ago in fight or flight. And when you're in fight or flight, it's really hard to listen to this kind of advice. So I'm glad we did that little breath and that quote at the beginning, because I feel like we're now in a more receptive place to like, actually listen to these comments and realize that like, there is hope. Um, There is like a path to recovery, you know, because trauma happens to the partner as well. Right. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the focus initially and rightfully so is on the partner who has sustained the trauma, the physical trauma. Um, but it's, it's finding that space of like, okay, my needs are still here too. So this is why we do things like this, right? Yeah, for sure. And, um, you know, back to what we were talking about earlier about how there's been, you know, January has been rough for a lot of people. There's been so many comments on, um, you know, acceptance and change and how, you know, like you were saying, uncertainty. So this does play a huge part in this recovery, but also the acceptance that especially women who were with their partners at the time of injury, um, there is a post-traumatic stress element to all of this, right? Um, and you have to treat it as such, right? There's a there's a process to healing from from that kind of from that kind of traumatic psychological injury. Right. And just realizing that those incessant thoughts and those uh, when your body is in fight or flight, that has a lot to do with PTSD. And so kind of taking that stance of like, no, 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 this isn't something you're doing wrong. This is the body just being so hypervigilant and so stressed because it's very concerned something bad is going to happen again. And it's it's a process. Right. Mm-hmm. So Absolutely. let's take let's see. The next quote is take all the help you can get. <laughs> very yes. simple. Take all the help you can get. And the next one is medical professionals do not always know. You know best. So be that advocate and never stop fighting. And this is one we hear all the time. Yeah, for sure. That's really important. Um, I just wanted to touch base back on the one that said, take all the help you can get. Um, I feel like, you know, I would say a huge portion of the women who have partners with spinal cord injuries become kind of a do-it-yourselfer just out of necessity, but also because of the fact that it's very hard to find reliable help. Um, you know, you, you, we, talk about, <clears throat> we talk about this all the time about how people come and go from your life and, you know, some people leave when the injury happens and the friends and family aren't necessarily around when you need help. So you take on more than you 
can handle as a WAG, right? But we also have, a lot of us have that personality that can do that, right? We have this personality where we're stronger women. We don't mind having things put on our back, you know, until until we break. But until that point, right. it's like we take on so much, right? So so as like literally give that, that piece of advice is so important because some women mm-hmm. don't want to take the help, right? They don't want to say, yes, I need help, right? So take the help, ask for the help do stuff that you need help with. And then it gives you that balance that a lot of us spend years doing everything ourselves. And then we burn out and get to the point where it's like, yes. mm, it's too late. Now we have to recover from the burnout as well as the PTSD of our partner's injury. So take I this think, advice. <laughs> I think that's very wise advice. And I know that they do try to they don't have the perfect system in rehab for this to set you up properly in this, except for like one night in the living room where you get to spend the night without nurses. But honestly, hell. if you are in an area, yeah, it was for many of us. Um, if you are in an area where you're capable and you're able to, and it's accessible for you to get extra support and help my God, take it. Um, it is so important, like Brooke said, to have some sort of a balance so you don't get to that point of absolute exhaustion and burnout and resentment Yeah, because it is, um, it can be very difficult unless you are financially stable and finances are not a stressor in your relationship. Um, then you know, with finances being that you can pay for any medical equipment breakdown to catheters, to a a nurse, to extra support, to somebody helping, you know, grocery delivery, all of that, it all plays into a role. If you're not in that space, please take the free help or any kind of, any kind of healthcare program that is available to you in your area. And it has nothing to do with being a hero. Um, I know that for the first while I felt like I can do it all. I have no problem. And then like, you're totally right. You burn out Um, because other stressors will pop up in your life that this can't be the only thing that your attention, you're, you're required to give your hundred percent attention to all the time. Mm -hmm. There will be times where you're like, you know what, I'm sick or I'm not feeling well, or what about me? Or what about my emotions? Or what about anything? God forbid an accident, anything that you have, um, somebody else that you can rely on. And sometimes those are just like people in your life that are just amazing human beings who will say, Hey, you can, you can call on me whenever you need X, Y, Z, even as simple as like dropping off meals or grocery delivery, take that. Don't be a hero. Mm -hmm. Don't say, nah, I don't need it. You, you know, you don't have to take it that minute, but definitely keep them for like a rain check or something. Cause that's huge. And also it just shows that people are listening and they care about you and it's okay to decline an invitation, but, but always go back to that. And you don't want to say no too many times until somebody's like, yeah, I'm not going to help you anywhere. Sometimes my neighbor does that to me. I'll be like, Hey, do you want to come over for dinner? And she's like, no, not today. No, not today. But she always says, but don't stop inviting me. Yeah. (laughs) So that's a good one. Um, the next quote here is, or a comment here is educate yourself about spinal cord injury, but keep in mind that every injury is different. You need to develop a knowledge of what is normal for his body and what is not normal. Do not be intimidated by the guys in the white coats. 
you will learn no more about SEI than most doctors ever will. And um, that is very true. And to pair the second comment beside it, do not tolerate rude or condescending doctors. I don't care how great he is supposed to be. Go down the street or to the next town or find a respectful and understanding doctor. Also on that note, be, um, not necessarily having anything to do with rude or disrespectful doctors. We have a lot of appreciation and respect for physicians. They have saved our partner's lives. Um, but get a second opinion or a third or a fourth or 10th opinion. That would be my biggest piece of advice is keep on asking questions and get other opinions and then sort of pool your knowledge together of what everybody says. Because sometimes conversations also change. You can go back to the first doctor and they will say something completely different. For example, my partner has been having back pain, significant back pain that has been, that has changed his life. Uh, last year it was very, very bad. And as of recently, you know, he's been on this list to get a surgery or not, sorry, I shouldn't say surgery to get a procedure to have a procedure done, um, where they will go in and they wanted to, uh, numb some nerve endings and they wanted to help him with his bulge disc that he's now taking responsibility for. He was just being careless in his Baytac. He had a few falls and the SCI body just doesn't, it doesn't recover the way it used to. So, um, now, now the doctor's saying, well, we have this other option. You can do this other operation or whatever, more of a surgical procedure. And he says, but it's a very high risk. And Dan said to me, he was like, whoa. And I heard him say to the doctor, he said, whoa, I don't remember you saying anything about high risk. He's like, I know for a fact, I would have remembered you saying high risk. And he's like, oh, well, I, I thought I said it, but yeah, this is a high risk procedure. So, I mean, <laughs> we've been on, he's been on the list in pain, discomfort for years like literally he's been waiting for this one appointment for a year for over a year that keeps on being bumped and bumped and they keep on calling and saying oh sorry we don't have an assistant in that day oh sorry the doctor's taking off that day oh sorry can we move it another day so for the patient every single day is a day too long when you're in excruciating pain with no answers which can be extremely frustrating but now the conversation has shifted to this is a high risk procedure and I, you know, I mean, wait, wait, mom, what's, what's the high risk part? Like, what do they say? Like, what's the risk? Well, the high, the high risk part of they're just the not actual surgery. Yeah. The actual surgery. They're just not sure. They're not, they don't have enough information about recovery, basically oh the high risk. So at first he was needing to have like lidocaine injected into, uh, the local area of where the the local area of the injury around the bulge disc um, to see if he would lose his leg fun function. So that appointment itself, he was waiting months and like a year for, and he's like, okay, hold on a second here. You guys already know that I'm paralyzed, right? I'm not going to lose leg function. I'm paralyzed. And because this is something they do in an able-bodied person. So then he had to go back and forth. And of course you get receptionists and they don't know. And then you get the assistant, they don't know. And you get another nurse practitioner, they don't really know. And so by the time you get to talk to the guy, to the surgeon who's performing this, he's like, oh yeah, I didn't really think about that. Um, so it's a lot of around about 
It's just a lot of time wasted. And when you're in pain and discomfort, you don't have that. You don't, you don't really, every single minute is uncomfortable and it's your quality of life. So I don't want to get too far into it, but get a second opinion for the love of God, get a third, 10th, 20th opinion. Just keep, I mean, all you have is time. So during this time, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Keep on having those conversations. And I think a lot of the time it's the approach and I am very guilty of that being the angry wag of SEI um, is, <laughs> is I, I, I know that I'm not the best person to always have in the, in the, um, in the doctor's office with my partner because I just get very frustrated. And <clears throat> that frustration is a learned behavior. Not, it's not something that I'm just like pulling out of my ass. Um, I, I've been witness to this for a very long time between my mom and my partner over 20 years. <laughs> so it's, it's, I'm really trying to give it a benefit of the doubt, but also the best way you can do that is gather your own information, um, come to your own conclusions. And if you are uncertain of whatever decision needs to be made, the answer typically is, uh, no, I'm not going to make that decision. So something to keep in mind for sure is just get your knowledge and, the Wags of SEI private discussion group was the best place to come yes. back and share the opinions and ask questions as well. So don't forget about that, but let's move right along. Well, there's another quote. There's another comment here that says the same thing. Don't blindly trust doctors. You can disagree or decline treatment if needed. Um, so, I mean, this is a big, big, big thing. And I know we talked about it last episode, but we're really hammering it down there that you are not at the mercy of your physicians, right? Always listen to your gut, always research, always do your own research. Don't blindly trust. Um, there's also a comment here about how, you know, he, your partner has to be the responsible master of his own life. Even if he cannot do anything physically, he's still responsible for his own care. Um, and it shouldn't rely on your shoulders. And I definitely think that just in general, from what I've observed, from what I've gone through myself over the years, Women in this community tend to take on way too much responsibility. Um, and this kind of goes into, it's so, it's so challenging to be able to be a physical assistant to your partner when they need it, but also separate yourself so, so that, you know, mentally, energetically, um, emotionally, so that you are a helper when needed, but you're not responsible for that person emotionally, mentally, spiritually, um, and it, the, the lines can be blurred. And so it's very, very challenging to get to that place where you're like, okay, I'm not involved in, you know, his perspective, his emotional state, his mental state, his psychological state, but I will help him when he needs assistance physically. And, you know, us as women, it's very hard not to, um, not to go there. Right. And that's when, the lines are blurred and it gets more into codependency, right? And so you have to be very careful about that. You have to be very aware that you are not, you are not shouldering the burden of his life. Um, that's not your burden. That's between him and God, um, him and himself. You know what I mean? And mm -hmm. there's a lot of, there's a lot of time and energy wasted when women feel like it's their responsibility just because they're the caregiver. And also it's not just the, from the caregiver's perspective. There's a lot of comments that we've read. There's a lot of situations that we've observed where the partner who's injured 
actually think it's the partner's job to make them feel better. And this is a really, really, um, it's a really, really tough space to navigate because your partner will go through so many emotional ups and downs and you will want to motivate them. You'll want to help them. You're going through your own stuff, but it's that fine line, that razor's edge that you have to walk between that's his life and this is my life. And having that compassionate Mm -hmm. separation, you know, that's really, really challenging to find. So I like that comment because it's very true. And it's something that we all have to navigate, especially with higher level quadriplegics. Mm -hmm. It's It's a conversation we've been having more often in our house too. And I've noticed like my partner paying more attention when I came home the other day, I was just like very, very, I'm just really sad about a few things. And I just kind of became overwhelmed and just started crying as I was taking something out of the fridge. And, um, typically I would like reach for a glass of wine, but I'm not doing that these days. And so I just sort of, uh, I, Dan said, what do you need? And I said, nothing. Like I just, nothing. (laughs) I honestly can't think of anything I need, which is like such a different response. You know, when you're like in that mode of like, Ooh, I need to soothe baby, baby Brooke or baby Elena. And I, I need something. And then when you finally get in your soul to a place of like, I need nothing except for just this. I just need to process this. I just need to feel this. Anyways, my partner went out he was like, you know, I could zip down to London drugs and like 10 minutes in my bay tag. And I was like, Oh, that's what it was. I was looking for my coloring book. I have adult coloring books and I couldn't find them anywhere. And his mom came to help organize and she moved some things around. And I was just so like, I was, I guess I needed my coloring book is what I actually needed. And I couldn't find it. And I just sort of sat down on the couch, kind of like in defeat, just being like, okay, well, I guess I, there's nothing I can really use or need to like, for any of this, I guess I just have to sit here and just like, think about whatever it is I'm thinking about. And, um, and my partner was like, no, I'm going to, you know what, I'm going to go do that. And I was like, you don't have to do that. It's raining. It's dark. And that's usually what I'm used to is like, no, you don't have to do that. Don't worry about me. Don't worry. And he was like, no, it's fine. I'm going to go. And he did. And he took off and he went and got the coloring books. And like, I kind of cried because I was like, I'm not used to taking like, um, help from other people in general. And I think a lot of wags in our community can say this. We're just not used to having somebody else say, let me take care of you. Let me do this one thing for you. And it can be such a small, (laughs) can be such a small thing. But in that moment, it's not even about the thing. It's just like about the connection between your partner or whoever it is that you're speaking to that you're like, okay, I feel seen in this moment. So it's a hard place to be in when you're consistently the one that's fixing, that's doing, that's taking care of to be able to just be vulnerable and be like, you know what? Fine. Okay. I do need this. Yeah. Well, thanks for sharing that. That was a really good, that was a really good demonstration of this. Um, it's tough. It's, there's no clear cut answers. Like, you know, we always talk about balance <laughs> and, yeah. you know, walking the fine line, right. The path there of balance. Is no balance. It's just like <laughs> yeah. very difficult. It's very difficult. Um, mm-hmm. but it's definitely doable, especially if you're aware of what's going on. Um, it's a, it's a path, right. And, um, yeah, it's, it's just something that we all walk and we all like to navigate, but we're all human at the end of the day. And we have to have compassion on ourselves. And but it's, I find it so easy. It's you and I like leading this group 
you know, we say these things all the time. You can't pour from an empty cup. It's like, yes, <laughs> it's so easy to say that. Hey girl, get some self-care. Why don't you just do X, Y, Z? And then when you're smacked in the face with it, yeah. you're like, yeah. whoa, like now it's my turn. Or like you said, don't wait until you burn out and you're just like, oh my God, like I can't even function, but I still have to function because life with work and a lot of us have kids or pets and life and work and partner and um, the secondary conditions and second secondary scenarios that take place with our partner's spinal cord injuries. Something is always going to happen, but being able to sort of train yourself that you're not like, something's always going to happen, you know, when you're like feeling yeah. like overwhelmed, but just being like, okay, something's going to happen, but still being present in that happening, I find yeah. is, is, is like, that is like, if you can master that, <laughs> you're my hero. <laughs> if you can master just being like, okay, something is happening. I am in the happening. I, it's going to happen and I'm going to be done with it. <laughs> then be present during it and take some deep breaths. Take whatever you need to know that it's, I always say it's not forever. This is not forever. Things are going to keep moving. So anyways, yeah, nothing is forever. There's another, um, there's another quote here about your uh, same thing that we were just talking about, about not being responsible for meeting his needs as, as a partner. Um, it's not all about what you can do for him and what makes him happy. There needs to be a space in your relationship dedicated to making you happy. This can take a while when the injury is fresh and the medical stuff is crazy and he doesn't even know how to take care of himself, but be patient. Um, I, I think again, that's really, really good advice, but you know, going back to like, when you start to work on this stuff and you know what you what you were saying about devote some self-care to your to yourself devote some time to yourself be in the present moment this too when you start to separate yourself where it's not um it's not like a traumatic event anymore and this happens within the first couple of years where it shifts from okay we're out of the trauma now we have to deal with what the trauma left behind right and there's a very clear separation as to when that happens you know, you get to a point where you're like, okay, we're not just go, go, go running medical emergencies, this and that, you know, accidents, you know, learning this, learning that it's more like, okay, we've done that. Now we're moving into a new phase where it's like, we have to recover from that, right? Where it's like, you have to like, figure out where to go from here, right? The fork in the road. And um, when you decide, you know, it can't all be about him, I need to look after myself. However, I will say once again, back to the comment we were talking about earlier about how the present moment can feel unsafe, putting time, <clears throat> putting time aside for yourself after a year or two of trauma, where you decide you're going to take some space for yourself can feel very unsafe at first. You can get very dysregulated in your body. I remember when I decided to, this was a few years ago when I decided to commit to 20 minutes of yoga every day. And I said, you know, what? I'm going to do it every day. I'm going to do it every day. And I did this also with walking where I was like, I'm going to go for a five kilometer walk absolutely every single day. I don't care if it's raining, snowing, sleeting, doesn't matter. And so when I started to do these things for myself, my body did not like it. You know, I had constant thoughts of like, I hope he's okay being left alone. Um, I hope he's safe. I hope he has access to this. And, you know, the entire time that I was doing my own self-care, my brain was going mental, trying to organize itself in a new state and it felt extremely unsafe. So 
I think that needs to be talked about more in this community where it's like, you know, like what you were saying, it's easier said than done. Yes, it is easier said than done. But why is that? It's because we've trained ourselves to be on call. It's because we've trained ourselves to be aware and awake to our partner's needs. And after you train your body to do something, it's like a computer. You have to uninstall the software. And that is a, a process, right? And um, that takes mm-hmm. a while. So if you're out there trying to figure out you know, how to navigate this part of the injury where it's like, you're, you're trying to come up for air or you finally have a little bit of space where you can do that. Um, it's, it's challenging in itself. It's such a complicated thing. And I just, every time we talk about this stuff, I always think about my experience trying to get a therapist at the hospital or, um, mm. at the rehab center and how it was like, we were just written off cause we weren't suicidal. And I know you guys had a similar experience too. And it's just like, oh, oh, God. this is so complicated. Like this is such a complex injury. We all would love to have some sort of therapy. Um, and it's just not available. So we have to talk about this stuff because, um, you don't want to be surprised once you decide to start taking care of yourself that your body is going to have adverse reactions. It's going to, I used to have aches and pains all the time that were not from my workouts. They were like change pains. Like you're changing. I don't like this. <laughs> I don't like this. Slow down. I really don't like this. It's like that, that pain of like, you're doing something different. And your body doesn't like it. And so I think everyone needs to expect that, but also understand how challenging that process in, in, in itself is. Um, so another, mm-hmm. there's a, there's so many more, um, like comments about going for walks alone time, reading, crying, yeah. accept Take help, time for yourself. Take time for yourself, yourself, express your emotions, talk to yourself. It's yeah. okay to be angry and sad about life. That's Again, so funny. So it's like, it's like you can't take care of yourself if you can't take care of others. Take time for yourself, express yeah. your emotions, talk <laughs> to yourself, journal, affirmations, the lipstick, what? The mirror and lipstick if you have to. Oh, affirmations on the mirror and lipstick if you have to. Yeah. Uh, the injury does not define you. You are still you and don't lose yourself in everything. Things for yeah. you just take a bit more planning commitment. Uh, the other thing I want to mention quickly here, though, is friends. Friends change. And yeah. if we, the friends that you spend time with, whatever activities you're doing for like girls nights or whatever, matter. <laughs> um, it matters who you share your energy with. And it matters if those friends can be like compassionate to your needs and the activities you want to do or if they have like similar interests anymore. Because this is a big one in our community. We talk about this all the time that friends and family change. And first of all, rightfully so, we all have seasons and we're always turning into different versions of ourselves. That is growth, that is change in general as a human being. But are you still growing together or are you growing apart? And does that person still align with you? Do you still have fun with them? Can you laugh with them? Or do you feel like you've become a caregiver to your friend as well? So there's a lot there to unpack. So um, I feel like I've been pretty lucky. I have like maybe two really good friends. Um, One that I'm still friends with pre-injury that I find we still have a good time um, all the time. And then just friends in general have changed, right, Brooke? Like it's, Mm -hmm. and the amount of time you can spend with them. And is this somebody you can like go for like a girl's trip with, or is this somebody you can have just like a tea date with and then call her quits? But all of that can be self-care too. And sometimes it's nice to get outside of the SCI community. Not everything has to be about wags of SCI or your partner's injury. 
It can be outside of in your own hobbies and your own personal interests, whether you've picked up a new skill or you've decided, oh, I've never thought about doing that. I'm going to do that. Like self-exploration to like your own needs to create a better balance. So you have, I find it very exciting when I come home from pottery, I have things to tell my partner. And now my partner is like researching things on pottery and sending them to me. And he's like, I wish I could do these things. So it's just nice to have like your own like wane of whatever it is that is just completely yours um and vice versa same with my partner too like he goes out for on the Baytac with watson all the time our dog and he's like you know i love this area i went for a sunset i went and had a sandwich with with my dog and like sat at the park or looked over the sunset over the water and like is excited to share those things it's like having that space apart if you're capable if you're able to it's like if it is accessible to you, like those things are important too. Yeah, for sure. And I like what you said about being a caretaker for your friends. Cause I feel like, and I don't know if this is just me um, because I don't think I've ever talked in the group about this, but I feel like once you go through this transition from being just a normal um, average girl, you know, doing the job, having an able-bodied relationship, when you go from that to being a caregiver, I feel like you notice the friendships that you are the caretaker already for the caregiver in the relation, like you notice the ones that lean on you for more support, um, that, um, it's, you, you really, really notice it once you have less energy to give to other relationships when you're kind of all used up. And so for me, when this happened, I really noticed the relationships that were draining because I didn't have much energy to provide those relationships. And so for me, a lot of those relationships kind of went on the wayside um, or they just kind of weren't nurtured enough to continue because it was, I was spending so much time and energy on my partner that I really saw the difference um, between, you know, what that, what that meant as far as a friendship. And so I think for myself, that's why you know, when you and I met Elena, it was such a relief to me because I feel like you understood how hard it is to be a caregiver and have that portion of your life taken up. But you also understood that it's like, if you got to go, you got to go. Um, you weren't personally offended if, you know, I had to organize things a little bit of a different way. And um, it's these, these friendships in the WAGS community are super refreshing because you do need that. You do need that little aspect of your life where it's like, they understand. Right. Um, and, but then those relationships that, and those friendships that make it through the storm, you really have deeper relationships then. And you really learn a lot about your friends that have stuck around. And like you always say, they always come back a couple of years later and rear their heads and say, I'm still here. Where are you? And you have the choice, right? You have the choice to say, oh yeah, I want that person back in my life or not. Oh, um, man. <laughs> so, yes, I do always say they come back. They always they come back. No, I, I usually say she'll be back. They always yep. come back. <laughs> Well, then it gives it's in the, then the ball is in your court, right? And then you can say, you know oh, what, man. I actually want to be a friend to this person still. Or I'm like, no, I've learned a lot from not being friends with that person. Um, and it's kind of up to you. Well, I honestly, we have so much advice mm -hmm. and content to share with all of you that we're going to do a part three of this episode series, just because it's so important to have these discussions and there's no way we can make it through the entire list of comments in the second episode. So we will be doing that um, 
next episode as well. So if you want to learn more about what these wags have to say to new wags, um, tune in. Yeah, absolutely. Another 25 comments coming in hot next episode. So thank you once again for sharing your space, your time. Take a moment of mindfulness and presence. Take a deep breath and just remember one step at a time. So until next time, take care of yourselves and love one another. Cheers. Cheers.